What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, Tristan, I need a chair. Is possible? I need a little chair. Where's the I have to open this for a few seconds. All fairness and all due respect, could all of you on this side come in here because it just looks like we are two camps and it's so bad. Can you all come in here because I'd like to, to, to learn with you something for a few minutes. Just for a few minutes. Don't you move the chair towards the wall? just showed me a good piece. Shabbos Ketyonte. Shabbos Ketyonte. You know the difference between the holiness of Shabbos and the holiness of Yontif? Tell you in a nutshell. Shabbos is the holiness which is in the world, which is always there. Yontif is the kind of holiness which we added to the world, make it more holy, more beautiful. But you see, only people who have Shabbos, only people who know how holy the world is, then they can add to the world, make it more beautiful, more holy. <coughs> but if you never tasted the holiness of the world, uh, how can you make it more beautiful? And um, anyway, so sacred Shabbos, you see, every person has in him something very holy, which is there always, always. And then there's a certain holiness which every person adds by doing something good. Okay, so that's what it is. Here we're learning last Shabbos we read that the four steps of getting out of Egypt the four steps of getting out of Egypt. The first thing is for Hatsesi, I will take you out. With Salty, I will save you. 
Vigoalti, I will redeem you. And then it says, Vilakarti Esram Lilam, and then I will take you to be my people. I don't know what it means, but let, let me tell you the way it looks to me now. God says, I will take you out from be being able to stand, to stand Egypt. How do you say, civilis? Be able to stand it, right? Yeah, yeah. You see, the, there, there's a lot of Siddish sayings. Let, let me tell you the first, which is on the outside. The first thing for redemption is to get out of exile is that you don't like the exile. You know? Imagine I'm in exile, but I like it. Then nobody can take you out. Like I once uh, told a woman about Jerusalem, she says, listen, I'll tell you the truth, I like the Bronx. So, you know, so what, what can you do with her, you know? You know, the Messiah will come and give her a free ticket to Israel, but she likes the Bronx. She'll never move, you know? There's nothing you can do, you know? And I don't know if you know this, sadly enough. You know, right now we are learning the portions of the exodus of Egypt. Do you know the saddest thing in the world is? That only one-fifth left Egypt. One-fifth of the Jews left Egypt. They liked it. I don't have to tell you. Take in America, you know, after the black men became free, how many people really wanted to be free? They went right back into slavery, right? Because basically, it's the strangest thing in the world that um, everybody talks about freedom. It's a very heavy thing to be free, right? Very great. Why should I be free? I'll tell you, one Hebrew teacher told me something crazy that he was teaching the kids about the Exodus of Egypt. So one little boy raises his hand and he says, how could they leave Egypt? They had a job. You see, his father taught him, you have a job, you don't leave. That's all he taught him. So what can you do? Can you be a drop out from me? Yeah, really. So, okay, so the ordinary translation, this is the way the, I mean the higher ordinary translation is, that the first thing for redemption is that God will take you out from being, from being able to stand it. You won't like it anymore. See what happened when Moshe came? Suddenly, they, they couldn't stand it anymore. It was the first step for redemption. But now, listen to the way he says it. So deep. You know what the first thing of a slave is? You are burdened with small things. You would ask a slave, what are you concerned with? Listen, you know, he says, I'm hungry, I've got to eat some lunch. He'll ask in the afternoon, listen, you know, you look so sad. What are you worried about? What am I worried about? You know, I need a little bread for, for dinner. He'll ask him at night, what are you worried about? I need some straw. It's heartbreaking, right? But I can't take you out into freedom this way. If your concern is lunch, dinner, and, and straw for to sleep, 
what will you do? You'll be free. You do the same thing. So the first thing is, God says, I have to take you out from small things. Take you out from the smallness. Okay, let's let's take our free people, our free society. So I'm concerned. I got to make more, a few more rubles. I'll ask you, what are you concerned about your children? I'm so concerned. You know, my daughter is in Temple University, and her marks are not so good. Sweet, you know, but I, you a small creep, you know. This is all you're concerned about. Yes, you know, my my son-in-law, you know, he just. He had this tremendous big position, and now he's... What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is all there is to life. This is all there is to it. So the Holy Holy Ishbitza says, the first thing God says to Moshe, you know what you have to do first? Take them out from their smallness. You know, friends, I want you to think of it in a very deep way. If you remember, it took a long time to get the Jews out of Egypt. And we are always thinking in a very strong way because Pharaoh made so much trouble that it took us so long to get, us, to get, it, to get the Jews out of Pharaoh. This is only one side of the story. The other side of the story is it took a long time to get the Jews out. Get the Jews out. It takes a long time. What do you think when the Messiah, imagine the Messiah would come right now and say, listen, be a new world, a holy world, a beautiful world. How many people would be interested? How many people would really be interested? One-fifth. Think our holy rabbis were wrong when they said one-fifth. One out of five is interested. This is already a very high percentage. Maybe today it's one out of a thousand. Oh, maybe. Let's hope it's one out of five. So the Holy Ishbitza says, the first thing is, well, now listen to something very, very deep. Imagine if I'm really concerned with very high things. I walk around and my, my shoulders are hanging down because I carry such a heavy load. No. It's true. I'm worried about it. But I'm connected to such high things, it's not a burden. It is a burden, but it doesn't knock you down. It knocks you up, right? It lifts you up. If I'm worried, let's assume, you know, imagine I can be concerned with my little hamburger for lunch. Where will I get it? Or I can be concerned with redemption of the world. So you would say, listen, one hamburger weighs... How much does one hamburger weigh? And this knocks you down. If you are concerned with redemption of the world, you wouldn't be able to walk even because it's so heavy. Not true. Only, only small things weigh very heavy. High things don't weigh so much. You know, seven means to carry, mummish burdens. So the first thing God says, I have to take you out from the burdens of Egypt. So the Ishbitzer says, you know what burdens are? Small things. Small things. Small things weigh so heavy. And you know what it is? He says,
You know, I, someone asked me, what is called a person who doesn't keep Shabbos? You know, heavy question. So I said to him, for me, a person who doesn't keep Shabbos is not a person who personally doesn't keep Shabbos. I'm not judging people. But you know who a person by me is who doesn't keep Shabbos? Who doesn't even remember that there is somebody who does keep Shabbos. He's completely cut off from the world of Shabbos, right? Okay, you know, I'm not judging Moishele. Maybe he can't keep Shabbos. This is between him and God. But at least Moishele knows that Yosele keeps Shabbos. But if he doesn't even know that Yosele keeps Shabbos, he's out of Shabbos, right? You know how much, how much a person can be a slave? That he doesn't even remember there's such a thing as freedom. Yeah, they can talk about like in the newspapers. It's stupid, right? How deep is it inside of you, you know? So the first thing is, God says to Moshe, take them out from the smallness. And, you know, the moment you're not concerned with small things, then you really know I'm a slave. I've got to get out of here. Because only small people can be slaves. Great people can't be slaves. You know, it's there are thousands of stories, you know, like even in concentration camps, you know, there was some holy rabbis, you know, gewalt, you know. I don't know if you heard of the Holy Radomske. The Radomske had a son-in-law, and he was one of the greatest, 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 greatest geniuses of that generation. He was 17 years old. And he absolutely, maybe some of you don't know how big the Talmud is, he knew not only every word of the Gemara, he knew Gemara, Rashi, and Toysis by heart. 17 years old. And you know what he did? Even while he was in Auschwitz, the, the whole time he was, he was teaching, day and night, he was not in slavery. Unbelievable. And uh, I heard from people who saw him there that Kowalt was he high when he was there, you know. Okay, it so happens that, sadly enough, he was there, but he wasn't there. His feet were there. His skin was there. His soul, his heart, his mind. So the first thing God says to Moshe, got to take them out. You got to take them out. Their heart, their souls. Take them out of Egypt. Take them out from the smallness. You know, friends, let me tell you something. And it's so, so obvious today. Sometimes you meet people and their mind is so great, so special. They have such deep ideas. Then again, you meet people that are so small. And even the way they think of the redemption of the world is so small. So small. Anyway. That's what it is. That's the first step. And then, okay, the first thing is, God takes me out from my smallness, and suddenly I'm becoming high again. The moment I'm high and deep, and, and divine again, godly again, then suddenly I realize I'm in the wrong place. Then I know I'm in the wrong place. So God says, okay, I'll take, 
I'll save you from that too. I'm with you all the way. But now something even deeper. It's not the end yet. But you know what it is? Listen to this. This is mamish mind-blowing. Have you ever seen, you know, on, on, on a very simple level, sometimes you meet kids, I'm sure you too, young people, they're highest in the world, right? And then you come to visit them maybe in their parents' house without saying anything bad. In their parents' house, they're not the same, right? Because their parents make them small. Right? That means there is somebody in the world who can make them small. That means they're not completely free yet. Maybe the ideas, but there is something very, very deep inside which is not free yet where somebody can have dominion over them. So God says, I'll redeem you. If there is one, one deep place inside of you where somebody can have dominion over you, I'll take you out even of there, from there. Now, friends, listen to the most mind-blowing thing, the last thing. Then God says, I will take you to be my people. You know what it is to be God's people? To be God's people means that suddenly I realize to be God's people means that Suddenly, it's clear to me that nobody in the world has dominion over me but God. And I want you to think of it in a very deep way. You have to realize that Egypt was a preparation for all the exiles to follow. Because Mashiach didn't come when we walked out of Egypt. So Mashiach is coming is a long way. The world isn't ready yet. So this redemption of Egypt, out of Egypt, was a preparation for all generations to come. What is the strongest thing? What is the strongest preparation? The strongest preparation is... What's the matter? Oh, I'm sorry. The strongest preparation is to know that really nobody has dominion over you. Nobody has dominion over you. That your mom is absolutely under God's dominion. Not only from now on, you never were under, under anybody's dominion. You know what kind of a deep freedom this is to know that nobody can tell me anything but God. Nobody in the world. Nobody in the world. Not the highest, not the lowest. Nobody in the world. This is God's people. You know, friends, how long it takes to get something into your soul? It takes a long time. 
I was looking for this Torah, which we were learning this summer. Salman and I were learning it this summer, and I can't find it, so I'll just tell it to you as much as I remember it. There's a passage that says, Kimitzian takes a Torah. Out of Zion will come forth the teaching. Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim, on the word of God from Yerushalayim. So the Ishbitzer says, isn't the Torah God's word? So why does the prophet put it in two categories? The Torah will come out of Zion and the word of God from Yerushalayim. And in a nutshell, this is what he says. You know, even the word of God, if I receive it on the level of information, it's Torah. It's a holy teaching. It might be the holiest teaching. Until it gets into my bones, until my toenails know, but um, until it stops being knowledge, until it becomes, it's so much inside of me, it is, it is like, it's like, like, like my heart, my soul, my mind, my, my everything, it is not called God's word. And, and just think of it in a very deep way, friends. You know, it's strange. You know, I would do a lot of things. But you know why, that, why I don't do them? Because it's, it, it, it's not inside of, it's not clear to me yet that this is really God's word. You know, if it was mamish clear to me that this is God's word, I would do it. But the saddest thing is, it just doesn't go this way. So I would say, God, okay, God, you make it clear to me it's your word, then I'll do it. It doesn't go this way. You have to plow yourself right through it. First, God gives you a little knowledge. Then you have to work on it so hard, so hard. Gaval does it take pain till you get to it. You know what that means? That means I can keep Shabbos all my life. And yet the word Shabbos never became God's word to me. Unless Shabbos is, is welling, welling out of me, inside of me, from the deepest, 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 deepest depths of my soul. And you know what it is? According to Kabbalistic tradition, the last part, the Lakakti Eschem Lila Om, or now taking to my people, has not been fulfilled yet. Sadly enough. We haven't reached it yet. We still think, every person in his private life, and all of us in our, in, in our world level, we still think that people are running the world. It's heartbreaking. Anyway, this Shabbos and the coming Shabbos, this is strongest vitamin pills we'll ever have till Mashiach is coming, Parshas Bayim B'Shalach, is that um, there really is one God in the world. There really is one God. And we're absolutely free. Absolutely free. You know what I mean to tell you? You can have freedom on a knowledge level. So I know there's freedom. I know that I'm free. Doesn't make you free yet. Has to be on, on, on a word of God level, inside of the inside. I'll tell you something, for instance, when it comes to anger. 
You know, I can have this deep information that I shouldn't get angry. So each time I want to get angry, I want to get angry, then my information tells me, my information bureau tells me, don't get angry, don't you know, it says so, and the Gemara and Chassidus, you're not permitted to get angry, so don't get angry. And I struggle with it all my life, but you know what it is? My problem is very simple. My problem is not anger. My problem is that I have not reached at the level of the Word of God. Because if it's the Word of God, if it gets inside to me so much, and I want to share something very deep with you, you know. Imagine I walk up to a girl and tell her I love you very much, and yet there'll be 2,000 obstacles for us to get together be so heavy and so hard and we're barely making it. It's very beautiful, but you know what it is? My telling her I love you well, was only on the level of toil, which is very high also, sweet, it's beautiful. It's the truth. But you know, it takes more than the truth. You think all it takes is the truth? A person can know the truth a million times and still do. You know? The truth does not prevent you from doing, from doing something else. There's only one way, this Tavar Hashem the Word of God. If it becomes so clear to me, it's Mamish God's Word, it's shining into me. The utmost, utmost shining level. Anyway. So remember the four steps. First, we have to get out of our smallness. What's the second? Okay, as long as you're small, you don't even know that you're a slave. Take all those multimillionaires, you know. You walk up to them and tell them, you know, brother, you're the dirtiest, filthiest, lowest slave in the world. He says, I'm a slave, do you know? I have 4,000 people whose life depend on me, or I'm, member, I'm the President of the United States, I'm a slave, I give out to you a slave. So the first thing we have to shine into them, take them out of their smallness. And God says, okay, I'll take you out of there too. I'll give you freedom. But then there is a level of freedom from, that means there is something which can make you into a slave you're still a slave, even if you don't have it upon. Let's say, for instance, if I would say that this person has dominion over me, and I'm moving to Bermuda, I'm free. Yes, but you're not. Because all, if it still takes you to move out of there to Bermuda to be free, that means there is a possibility for you to be a slave. You're still not free. The highest level is to be God's people. There's nobody has anything to tell you. I'm absolutely free. Shabbos Gedeonta, friends. Shabbos Gewalt. You know, friends, I want you to know that in the craziest way, I feel it so strong, you know. You know how many marriages go broke because this one little thing is between them. They don't know who has to mean you know for whom, right? Not in everything, in a few things, right? This power struggle. 
who is I and who is you? What do I say? What do you say? Parents and children. Gaval, Gaval is that a delicate thing. And, um, you know, Saturday night we're sitting with our children. For the first time we're sitting with our children without, without having dominion over them. And, you know, if I sit with my baby and I mamish know deep down in my heart that I have no dominion over her, absolutely no dominion. You know how much my baby would open up and ask me all the questions, everything in the world. I want you to know people don't ask a question by their slave driver. By their slave driver, they get, they get orders. You don't ask questions. And if children stop asking questions to their parents, I mean deep questions, because their parents live under the illusion that they are their slaves. And a slave doesn't mean a slave driver. If I have a right to tell you something. It's already the end. Uh, you know, in Vishnitz, it's very strong. This Shabbos, Pasha's boy, I was privileged to be in Vishnitz, one Shabbos boy, this Shabbos. And you know, I don't know, I don't know if I told Meir Lazarman. He was mamish had that goda on his Shabbos. Oh. And he was mamish he nearly knocked off the whole goda Friday night, you know. Yeah. It's like a vault, you know. It was many years ago. Gewalt, you know. He was mamish Dva Hashem, you know. By him, mamish it was shining. I remember that Shabbos. Oh, he was in Vegas. The first time Vegas came to America, I think it was nine sixteen. High male. High Then he was still strong, you know. And you know, he liked Shabbos so much. He started because he said this Shabbos boy is a very big thing. I got to read the whole Agoda. So he started about an hour before Shabbos Davin Mincha, Marv, and then he went right away to the to the Fistele, and I remember we came home a quarter to six in the morning, you know, it was like a vault, you know, what a Shabbos, you know, unbelievable. <laughs> All the Yamatis make Shabbos. Everything Shabbos, you know. He didn't know anything else but Shabbos, yeah. You know how so beautiful envision it? I have to tell you, you know. You know, envision it, uh, especially Friday night when the Rebbe gives out, uh, you know, little pieces of kugel, so by all the rabbis, he gave out kuku and that's it. In Vishnitz, when he gave out kuku, then the person had to come up, especially young people, and they had to tell him something good. A little toiler, you know. And then they would kiss the rabbi's hand, and sometimes the rabbi would kiss them, you know, it would be the highest thing. It was so sweet, you know. Anyway, this should be a good Shabbos for all of us. You know, let me tell you something. Imagine nobody ever in the whole world told me what to do. So you would think that I really have never tasted slavery. I'm the most free person in the world. Right? No. 
Yes and no. But imagine if my whole life, the whole world tells me what to do, and I work my way up to the point that I realize nobody can tell me anything. There's only one God who can tell me what to do. It's much deeper, right? Much deeper. I want you to know Shabbos is two things. Can you imagine at that moment when God created the world, did, did anybody tell anybody what to do? No, it was just created, right? So Shabbos says, Remember the beginning of creation? Remember at that moment when God created Adam and Eve, they didn't say one word to each other yet. So nobody was anybody's slave, right? And then it says, To remember the exodus out of Egypt after coming out of slavery and realizing ultimately that nobody can tell me what to do. Tell you something else. You know who's a good teacher? Who's telling me everything but in such a way that I know that only God can tell me what to do. A real good teacher is somebody who just brings me a message of God. You know, imagine if I could be in a classroom without telling the kids ever do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. Gewalt, how they would learn from me, right? But even if they give them the highest information, you know, my teacher told me, sit straight, and he also told me there's one God, right? But it's on the same level, right? Then my, my teacher told me, don't go to the bathroom for another half hour, and he also told me that God spoke to us at Mount Sinai. So this is all the same thing, right? Imagine if someday we'll have schools where you just teach children English, give them the information, start making them little slaves. I don't know how to do it myself, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and maybe we won't have such schools till Mashiach is coming. But it's just good to remember. I'm just seeing those, those holy kids here, so I want to bless them. They should learn in this kind of schools and bless me back that my baby should have such a school. Gewalt. I'm telling you, the older my baby gets every day, the more I'm shivering. There is no school in the world yet where I could, mom is taking my baby by the hand and say, okay, baby, let's sit down here. This is where they'll teach you. I think I'll be lying under, under, under the bench where she's sitting on and crying, crying my eyes out. And I mean it literally. For this God has to send out such such high kids in order they should we should ruin them, you know? We're ruining them for the begin. And we remember the Shabbos is the first thing is before we even going out of Egypt, we're sitting with our children. That's the first thing. That's the acid test. The acid test is always how you're sitting with your children. If you know to sit with your children, then you're a free man. Then the next morning you can walk out of Egypt. Ay, gewalt, I'm telling you, it's heavy stuff, you know. It sounds simple, but it's so hard, it's so hard, it's so hard. Gewalt is this hard. Can you imagine for 3,500 years we're trying, we didn't do it yet? We haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet. 
Maybe this Shabbos. Maybe this Shabbos. Okay, friends, let's sing one more sweet song, and then I'll... I know I gotta go, and maybe you have to go also, or not, maybe... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.